The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Yes, good evening and welcome to Big Footy Power podcast on your Monday night. Bevo here with you and as always... I'm joined by the one and only man from Western Australia, Cam McLean. Good evening to you, Cam. G'day, Bevo. How are you, mate? It's uh, great to be back again at another win. That's five in a row. So, uh, yeah, been up and about this weekend. It's been great. Yeah, so it's a bit of a mixed result in the, way, in the end in terms of for Port Adelaide fans, of course. So the Maggie's going down after, yeah, probably a game they should have won in the end. But as you mentioned, good for the power to win their fifth in a row. We'll talk about the Maggies a bit later on, but yeah, getting back to the power, 36-point win, probably wasn't one of the most uh, uh, games in terms of the highlight reel, the one you want to sort of go out and buy, but we got the job done, we took the four points, and you know, we spoke about that last week with the, with the Carlton game, those games in the past we might have lost, you know, we keep on winning these sort of games, and we'll take the four points, and we're sitting quite nicely in fourth place, equals second, and you know, a real chance to finish at the top two if uh, things keep going our way and we keep on winning. So, yeah, pretty happy being a Port fan at the moment. What's your thoughts, Cam? Yeah, very happy. Uh, exactly what you say there. We've, we've been winning. Now, I, and I've thought about this too, I think. In, in previous years, so we've won these last five games in a row. In previous years, we were quite often... Uh, by, by now, we probably would have dropped one or two of those last five games. Yep. So, uh, it, I mean, I'm just looking at it now. You've, you've got Collingwood have won six in a row. We've won five in a row. Um, our, our percentage, I think, over those last five games works out at about 143%. So, look, the, the most important thing is that we are actually winning games. I, I'm... I'm constantly on edge, I'm constantly a little bit stressed, but you always know that we, we, we're just in control, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, again, we'll talk about this a bit later on, but Tommy Jones going down is not ideal, but thankfully our run's not too bad coming home. And, you know, if he's out for four to six weeks, get him right for the finals and you know, maybe even get him one more game before the finals. And I think um, we've got enough guys there to replace him. So, yeah, whilst it's not ideal, look at all the other sides. We've got injuries. It happens. Your best players go down, and that's what win premierships. It's the other guys that stand up and, you know, in their in their absence. Isn't that, isn't that right? Yeah, we're, um, we're probably in a position now where we can handle a loss of someone like Tom Jonas for a few weeks. I think we'll, we'll be okay. We've, we've got a little bit of backup and depth and, uh, yeah, a, a few things around the way we play. So, yeah, now, look, what are you here? I, I've heard two to four weeks. What, what have you heard? It's yeah. kind of a bit... Um, About four to six. Four to six, I've heard. Okay. So, yeah, okay. like four weeks maybe being the best case and six weeks probably being yeah. the worst. But, um, okay. yeah, like, obviously, he's such an important player. You don't want to rush him back, but then you also need him there as well. So... Yeah, maybe we'll get we'll ask uh, like ask that question straight away, and it's perhaps if our listeners are there as well, they might want to have their say. But who replaces him? I mean, obviously you think the two likely ones are Leenitz or Homshi. Um, a few people I've, I've spoken to since the incident happened on Saturday night have said you know it might be time to give Leenitz a crack. He's been playing some pretty good footy for the Magpies since he came back from injury himself, and of course we know Homshi just gets in there and gets the job done. Isn't quite as 
dynamic as Jonas, but you know he's still a, a decent player, and we know he always, always is pretty reliable for the power. So yeah, interesting one, Cam. What's your thoughts on that one? Look, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts after we've done the game reviews because it is one of the issues that's come up on Big Footy. So let's um, let's just put that one to the side for now. And I, I have had a good think about that, and I, I do want to discuss it in a bit more detail. Yeah, beautiful, mate. No worries. So yeah, we'll talk about the game on Saturday. So pretty much, um, Port Paul's in front for the start of the the first quarter and uh, pretty much had held the lead for the majority of the game. I don't think St Kilda got in front at all. Yeah, in the end, probably should have won by a bit more. We missed a couple of easy goals and um, some of our disposal was, uh, especially Jared Pollock, he had a bit of a shocker. Now, I, I don't know about dropping him or um, trading him because he's a quality player and he's had a pretty good year, but uh, he certainly wasn't at his best on Saturday night. But as we know, every good player has a bad day and that was unfortunately the the one for Pollock, but it didn't cost us in the end. Um, but there was, yeah, some of our disposal, Bokey was a, a bit guilty of this, but some of the, I don't know whether it was slippery out there, but yeah, we were just missing targets and it was a bit embarrassing, a bit cringeworthy at times. But again, and I want to ask you this, Cam, sometimes when when you're playing against a side that's a bottom of the ladder side that, you know, they're missing a lot of players in terms of St Kilda and we know they're not going to play finals this, finals this year, do you think sometimes teams go into these games complacent or, you know, drop down to their level in terms of skills because they're playing a team that's a bit crap? You know, whereas if they were playing, say, a Richmond or a Melbourne, they wouldn't um, stoop to that level and they'd sort of... Because it just seemed to be a case where Port wasn't really switched on. I mean, I know they won the game, but we know they could play a heck of a lot better than that. And there was a lot of supporters, myself included, that were getting very frustrated on Saturday with just silly skill errors and missing easy goals. What do you think? I don't know if it's complacency, but we haven't been great the last couple of weeks. You would hope that when we're beating Carlton and uh, St Kilda and Melbourne, that you would hope that we're winning by more, but we're not. But I, I don't believe it's complacency. I, I, I think there is that element of you do drop down a level a bit. Um, I mean, look, other teams are always going to put pressure on you. I, I want to say with, with Pollock, yeah, that, I mean, that kick wasn't great. It, it, it didn't look good. But I think overall Pollock didn't play too bad a game. And, but, you know, even when you see Westy go up and, and drops, drops an absolute sitter of a mark out in front and, yeah, those easy shots at goal. But... Remember, there's a lot of pressure in a game of AFL footy these days, and we're not the only team that does it. So, yeah, we, um, again, I don't believe in this case it would be complacency, but yeah, I think it's just something around the, the way we play where we, we're in control, but we just don't, we, we don't seem to be able to finish it. Yeah, that's the thing. But again, maybe. Maybe we're not paying enough credit to St Kilda. You know, they're, they're, they've still got some very good young players in there. We know how good Jay Gresham is, um, Billings. Um, memory had a bit of a quieter one. So they do have some good players in their side. So maybe we're not paying enough credit to St Kilda um, as well. And the AFL is sort of pretty even these days. We saw on, on the weekend with Carlton losing to Brisbane. But, again, that's a whole different story. I, I think they're tanking personally. But um, people would tell me that's completely incorrect. But... How can you how can you go from playing so well against a quality side in Port last week um, for Simpsons 300th and then lose by what 65 points to a bottom of the ladder side in Brisbane is just beyond me. But 
anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they obviously had the, the incentive of uh, Jack Makosius there to, uh, yeah, just, just to, to keep them well behind on the scoreboard. And, um, and I want to point out, so just, just very quickly, uh, yeah, Wendy run a great, uh, great point here about um, Cleary and Jonathan. And yes, stick around, mate. We, we're going to address that. So looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, definitely. No, I guess um yeah, Tankin for Rakin. Maybe that's uh that's the other one that I've heard people say, but <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. But it just yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah. Um Carb will never come out and admit it, but how how you can be so good against Port. Like they were fantastic against Port last week, I thought, and then you know, like they they really had their chances to win that game. And I'm obviously I'm glad we won it in the end. But yeah, that was extremely disappointing against Brisbane. I'm not saying, you know, we've got to give credit to Brisbane for the way they played, but surely they're not a 55-point better, 65-point side better than um, than Carlton. Well, Brisbane did come over to Perth the week before and had a massive win over Frio. Yeah. Something appears to have clicked with them a little bit because they're, they're really starting to uh, hit their straps a little bit. They haven't been too bad, so... Yeah. But, but I agree. Maybe it's just a um, maybe it's just the way that uh, they, they match up against Carlton that's, that's helping because they've, they've they've tried to uh, stabilise their team a fair bit, which is good. And um, yeah, maybe maybe it's just the way they matched up with Carlton that, that works. But uh, yeah, look, I guess if you are Carlton, why not? Yeah, exactly, mate. Well, we'll get back to our game on on Saturday, of course. Our Port and the Saints. Um, really good to see some different guys playing some some excellent footy. You know, Stevie Motlop, 28 disposals in his 150th. I thought he was probably in our top three best players. Wingard again. You know, he's been a different player since he's gone into the midfield. Um, let's just have a look at his disposals. He had 32 disposals and five marks and nine inside 50s. And uh, Motlop also had seven marks and six tackles to go with his 28 disposals. And Rocky had 30 disposals, eight marks and seven inside 50s. So good to see a couple of our recruits um, stand up and play some pretty good footy. And I thought Jack Watts, in his first back, first game back for the power in a couple of weeks, played, played some pretty good footy too, kicking those couple of goals and bringing a pretty good contest, uh, you know, making a pretty good contest all night. What was your thoughts on those guys, Cam? Yeah, they were they were excellent. Um, I really liked Motlop's game. He's become quite reliable at times. It, it, it was very hot and cold at Geelong, and he's really... Um, Oh, he's been a little bit more consistent, I think, with us, and he's he's always up and about. Now, Jack Watts, uh, um, Ken made a really good point about Jack that we we picked him at thirty one. Get get over it. He's he's not a number two pick or a number one pick. Or whatever. Yes, I love that. He's a yes, that's a really good way to look. It's a really good way of looking at it. That so, was probably one of the yeah, most um the best comments that Kenny's made all year, in my opinion. That was such a great yeah. comment to make because, yeah, the poor guy, he's always co- always cops the pressure, doesn't he? And he's not a bloody number one, number two draft pick anymore. He's a mature age player that will be picked up at number 31, and he's a very good player, but he's not a, you know, like he's not the same number one, number two draft pick that when he first started playing, but he's playing some good footy. So leave the guy alone, for goodness sake. Yeah. 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 Definitely stood up for the side this week. I, I thought it was good. To, it was definitely good to have him back. And 
It's sort of like I said last week with the way he's what he's able to provide the side compared to at the moment what Todd Marshall can provide the side was a lot more. Uh, yeah, we, we get more output out of Watts. And I'll, I'll mention, I thought DBJ was really good too. Yes, definitely. I was going to mention. Uh, I was just going to mention them. I was just uh, went to ask your thoughts of, yeah. of the other of the recruits first, and, and yeah, how they play. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, oh, well. The recruits were good. <laughs> Rocky had said that they were good, but I think last week I mentioned about DBJ yeah. being in the side, perhaps ahead of Jasper Pittard. Subsequently, the, the decision was made through the injury that Pittard came out. So DBJ came in and, and did a really good job. And as I mentioned last week, he can he provides a lot more to the side, I think. Yeah, now that's an interesting one because I'll, I watched the game against Nord and he was pretty average, to be honest with you, Cam. And he probably admit that himself. But what it goes to show is that when players go from the SNFL to the AFL level, they really do stand up. And DBJ was a perfect example of that because they might not play that well in the sample, but then when they go to that next level, they know that the pressure's on. They want to keep their spot, so they, they perform. And, yeah, you're right. I think he had 26 disposals or something similar to that on on Saturday afternoon or Saturday twilight, and yeah, he was fantastic. And I thought Tom Cleary played one of his best games in defence as well um, for us. And Dan Houston keeps getting better and better with every game as well. I thought, yeah, I thought our defence stood up really well. Yeah, Tom Tom Cleary did do a great job, and uh, I can tell you, uh, Wendy's listening, and he he's uh, he was pretty pretty happy with Cleary's work as well on the weekend. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, he's obviously a very important player, but yeah, I don't think. I, I mean, he's yeah. Obviously, you want to have him in our side, but I'm just saying, if worst case scenario, he doesn't come back until the finals, or even if um, he's gone for the rest of the year, I don't think it's the difference between us winning a flag or not. I think we can still win a flag without him. Um, it's just other guys have to stand up, but I think we've got the guys to do that. And yeah, whether it be Leonard or Homsch or whoever it might be. Um, uh, oh, you know, we know how good Cleary's been going and um, how how Dukes is going. So we've definitely got the guys there in, to stand up if, if they need to. I mean, obviously, we hope it's maybe only three or four weeks, but you never know what's going to happen in that situation. So, um, yeah, I just want to mention as well, Cam, another one who played really well on and sort of got back to his best form. We always talk about him, and you talked about it a few weeks, how you've been disappointed with his year. You know, compared to last year, and obviously this year he's only kicked 17 goals compared to, I think, 55 or something last year he kicked for us. But that's Charlie Dixon. His last quarter, I mean, it started raining and it was like he was clunky as if it was a dry night. It was amazing, wasn't it? Those three goals in the last quarter, four for the game. And he was providing a great contest all night, I thought, and, you know, probably end up winning the battle between him and his former mate, Logan Austin. Oh, where, where was this earlier? Jeez, I wish you'd been doing this earlier. But I know throughout 
the game and he'd been competing, he'd been, been bringing the ball to ground for the smaller guys, uh, setting up goals, he, he'd made himself a pretty good target. And look, you, you're right, I, I was thinking of when I was watching the game too, I, or the, the, the bits that I got to see. Um, I, I thought the same thing. It, it was like, okay, he has been disappointing me. There's, I, I know there's more he can do, but um, he, he started to show it a bit more the, the, on, on Saturday. So, no, well done to Charlie. It was, was a very good game uh, from him. Yeah, I thought so too. Let's hope it's, uh, you know, it's going to be the turning point for the rest of the season now for the big fella. Let's hope he can keep on uh, kicking some big goals and up against Frio, who don't have the best defence. I think he can have a field day for us over there in Perth at the New Upsa Stadium. I think he could too. He's played there already, so he knows what it's like. As you say, I, I can't even... I, I know Frio reasonably well. I can't think of a half-decent defender. <laughs> so it could really be... Uh, why not? A day out for Charlie this week. Yeah, that's what. That's it. What do they say on uh, Fox Hill before the games? Um, the uh, With their... They got their preview and they say uh, who's going to kick a bag of goals or whatever. I think uh, Dixon is Dixon the kicker bag. There you go. That's my call already for uh, this week's game against the Dockers. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Why, why not indeed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now definitely some good signs for the power. And Westy, once again, what a season he's having. Obviously, the unfortunate injury to Jonas now, I think, really opens up the door for Westhoff to win our best and fairest this year and win his first ever. <laughs> I, I don't know that uh, Jonas was, was necessarily at best, best and fairest. Well, he, he, he's certainly a chance, but um, I, I think we're still looking at uh, Wines or Grey or someone like that. But um, Oh, interesting. Well, but, yeah, but I, I think you, you're right, though. Uh, Westhoff is, is part of that. Uh, certainly in the top five at the moment, um, possibly even top three. So, a couple more games to go, it, it will be interesting, and uh, he's he's just going stronger. I said I I said it a couple of weeks ago. I said Wes is going to win our best and fairest to um a couple of people at the ground. So there you go. I'll take that one if he does win it this year. <laughs> oh, well, good luck. I, I, hope, you, I hope you're right on that one. Yeah, but, I think... uh, yeah, yeah, Rick, I agree. Yes, if only if only. Charlie down for 10 if you Charlie gets 10. Geez, that'd be sensational. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. Oh, I don't think he's really don't, yeah. I don't think he's ever kicked 10 before, has he? Not even at the Gold Coast. Uh, I don't think so. Nah, I think he's probably eight, probably his best. Again, I'd have to yeah. have to look that up, but yeah. And, and the, the most for a poor player in a game is eight. So uh, yeah. Charlie, let's go the record this week. <laughs> that was Travis, wasn't it, against Carlton? I reckon back in the yeah. day. Did Shorts get eight or something as well? I reckon you might be right. I reckon it might have been against the Kangaroos. Eddie had a few years back. So we'll have to have to look that up after with Ken. <laughs> but um yeah. Before before we talk about the Maggies, um yeah, Rick sort of mentioned a bit earlier and, and we were talking about it as well. The look of the game, I mean last week and not this round, uh, but the round before that, we saw some really high scoring games and it was just fantastic, but I, for one, and I'm not going to single out, I don't like singling out a team, but I'm actually really getting to a stage where I don't want to watch Sydney play 
because every bloody game is so low scoring and it's come from ages ago that when those grand finals against West Coast when it was so low score. I think it was like 50 or 60 with, at the end of the game. No one wants to see this crap. Like, And they're one of the worst for it. They, I saw a game a few weeks ago against the Eagles and there was like one one goal scored for the whole quarter. No one wants to see yeah, that sort of rubbish, Ken. Sydney many years ago, and um, yeah, they they're, they're very defensive side, aren't they? So yeah. it's but you're right, it, it can be a real arm wrestling, a real struggle, and it's, it, it can be frustrating to watch. They've got one of the best forwards there, one of the greatest ever, Buddy Franklin, and uh, yeah, you, you'd love to be, you'd, you'd love to see a more free flowing game with Sydney and. and Buddy getting on the end of, of you know everything down the other end, kicking regularly six to eight goals a week, uh, and at the moment with the six to eight goals a week is, is sometimes what you see in a Sydney game. So yeah, exactly. It was good to see a couple of guys kick bags of goals. We saw Hipwood kicking six, and we saw Bruce kicking six, which was really good. But yeah, just some other, just like yeah, the Sydney game was very low scoring. I think John kicked eight goals twenty three or something like that, and um, you know like. The look of the game, the, the crowds aren't like TV crowds and the crowds at the games and that aren't the same as what they used to be because people are starting to just get turned off by AFL and it's congestion crap. So, I don't know. What do we do about it, Cam? Do we leave the game in the business and let it like, revolve or do we, um, you know, do we start bringing out some more rule changes about zoning and things like that? Like, what do we do about it? Yeah, I'll be interested to see that. Necessarily know that we need to just go and change the game. Um, there, there is talk about zoning and, and you know starting players in certain positions. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I'm not that fussed. I, I'm, I'd be happy to let it go for a bit longer and see if it turns around and changes. I don't think it's, it's necessarily always been that different. So you've got what. Um, nine games of footy in the AFL on the weekend. And you see a couple of good ones. I mean, the, the Eagles-Giants game was, was quite, a, quite an intriguing game yesterday afternoon. Uh, I, I don't know if, if we necessarily need to go and change it, but, yeah, look, there is some discussion at the AFL around it, you know, committees and that sort of thing. So it be interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm just kind of up in the air about it. Like, I... You know, I, I sort of think leaving the game as it is it has, its, has its benefits, but then there's also, you know, we, we want to see more high-scoring contests like last week, and maybe if we do leave it as it is and, you know, um, somehow or other we can just have more free-flowing free games like we had last weekend um, more often, then it might be a case of just leaving the game as it is. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they do... They have been changing it so many times, and we are probably getting a bit sick of rule changes. And I know the umpires are probably starting to get confused by it. So maybe the best thing to do is just leave the game alone. Yeah, look, Rick's made the comment that AFL should never be like soccer, and I, I think uh, we we could be on the same page. I've often thought back on this, where soccer, you know, they've they've got to start certain spots, and, and there's the offside rule, so you know, yeah. the players can't be in front of the ball, and, and I think. I, and, and that is specifically something that, that's been in my mind in, with, in relation to this topic. And, I, yeah, I'd rather they leave it alone 
and let it go. And, and Rick's, Rick's saying the same. And Rick makes a good point to uh, maybe reduce interchanges. And uh, uh, that's not too bad an idea because it does mean the players have to be out there longer. And the whole idea of, of interchanges to keep players fresh. And, well, let, let's let's tie them out. So, yeah. You know, it's, I, I actually think if any change, that's probably the one that I'd be most in favour of. Yeah, that's a that's a fair call. Yeah, I mean, anything to just bloody reduce the congestion, that's that's the biggest thing, isn't it? So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you want to talk about the Maggies? Yeah, I think so. Um, disappointing result in the end, Cam. 17 points we went down. I've got no doubt. I mean, I wasn't able to watch the game because I had other other media commitments, but... Um, from, from listening to the game and, you know, keeping an eye on the scores and everything, probably a game, one that got away for us, but I think if Meany and Brody didn't get injured, it just goes to show that the rotations killed us in the end and, and we probably would have won that game. What was your thoughts on it? Oh, look, I don't know if we would have. Uh, Eagles were, were well in control in that second half, so in the first half there was nothing we could do wrong. And uh, we, we were... We're able to get the ball forward now. The, the usual thing, though, we, we say Kane Farrell's kicks. Kane Farrell came up with the three goals, um, and so look, we we really just ran them off their feet the first half. Now, in the second half, I think we only kicked about two goals. Our last goal we kicked was about the ten minute mark, or it was about ten minutes into the third quarter. It was clusky. Yeah. And we didn't kick another goal after that. The, the problem was, we were, again, there was no, we didn't, apart from perhaps two metre Peter, um, to some extent, we had him down in the forward line. Um, but we were delivering it very poorly into the forward line. Plus, again, we couldn't get the ball past the halfway mark of our, of, of Woodville West Torrens um, end of the field. So we would get it down. The, the furthest we could often get the ball down, so it was probably about the, the half back of the wings. And then we were just turning it back over. It's like we had nowhere to go. As I said, when we did, we were kicking it straight to Woodville West Torrens. Place. The other thing was, if there was a stoppage down now forward line, they were finding it very easy to run the ball out and uh, head back down the other end. Yeah, Bit of a bit of a tale of this season, hasn't it? We've talked about that so many times. We've won them. We've won them. We'll probably won the most possessions out of any of the side in the sample this year, and we still find ourselves, you know, what three and a bit games out of the top five. So it goes to show we do get enough of the ball. We get it inside fifty. I mean, I don't have the inside fifty stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure we'd be up there with most of the teams in terms of our inside fifties this year as well. But it's just been that. I think Sam Hayes going down has been a real blow because. We're really lacking. I know we had Laddams up there, but he's not. I don't think he's generally a key forward. Um, he's more of a ruckman. Some people might disagree with me on that one, but um, I think Hayes was starting to play some really good footy. You know, he was providing that sort of target we really needed—a tall forward that can take a grab. And Frampton's, he does okay, but he generally plays in the ruck. So that's something we really missed this year, I think, because we definitely get enough of the ball. We get it up there in our inside fifty, but. Yeah, just we're lacking that polish, I think. What do you think, Ken? Yeah, I think Frampton's playing the... He's sort of the, the more 
year ahead um, run roll sort of thing. So I think that most of the work's being put into Frampton at the moment to play ruck. I think Laddams is uh, is playing forward, just kind of uh, forward and ruck. Uh, one of the, something that, that's going on at the moment too is Frampton's playing a little bit of. Uh, he, there's been some development on his on his defensive game too. Um, so yeah, look at the moment it's mainly it is mainly Laddams who who's out. Probably our main tool target. The last couple of weeks we've had Jack Watts down there to keep two. Yes. Um, but again, again, as I say, the delivery wasn't great. Now, I thought our defenders worked really hard. Woodville really did pepper us in defence. And uh, I'll actually tell you that the inside 50s were um, 38 to 45 in their favour. Okay, so, so that's pretty, really, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. They did pepper us in defence. Now, um, Jared Leanup was very good down there. Uh, Big E, Emmanuel Era, he, yeah. he, um, he's very good too, obviously, at, at rebounding. We love him, don't we? So, <laughs> yeah, we do. And, and look, the, they, those guys absolutely worked their backsides off. But, uh, yeah, like I said, as it got forward, the, the, the moments that we were actually able to get forward, yeah, delivery wasn't great. And I, I should mention... Um, Pat Moore and Farrell were our main goal kickers. They had three each. But okay. like I said, first half of the game was all on our terms. Second yeah. half, it completely switched. And Woodhill West Times just pressed us, put the pressure on us, and stopped our movement, particularly going forward. And we had nothing. And look, those injuries to uh, to Need and um, Broadie, uh, Broadband, yeah. yeah were, were reasonably late in the game, so no, I, I don't think we, we deserve to lose. Okay, so so it wouldn't have mattered regardless. You don't think? No, I don't. But personally, I don't think so. No, I mean Broadbent was Broadbent doing some, doing some good stuff. Uh, Jake Need uh, got. I'll, I'll tell you this: Jake Need got tackles. Uh, Fifteen tackles, Jake Need laid. Wow. So yeah. It, his work rate in the SNFL is is very strong. Eight contested possessions of his total fourteen. So yeah, look, um, Jake Need was going well, but you know, again, sometimes sometimes questionable use of the ball or whatever. But but he, you know, he was good. Yeah. Then we we didn't touch about this. Uh, talk about this earlier on, but I was really disappointed with Aiden Johnson on Saturday against St Kilda. I I rate the guy, but he just was just definitely not at AFL standard. He got, I don't know what his possessions were, but it would have been definitely below 10. And he didn't really make much of a contest at all and seemed completely almost disinterested. I was very disappointed in his game. I, I expect a lot more of Aiden Johnson. I rate him as a player. And I saw his game against Nord last week and he was pretty impressive. But yeah, definitely dropped him to the SNFL after that performance on Saturday. His last couple of games in the SNFL have been good. Uh, it, 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 I was interested that he got the the call up this week. Now, and Wendy makes a great uh, makes a great point here too in saying uh, Kane Farrell's pressure in the forward line. You know, could he be a chance to you know for a call up this year? Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. My only thing with with Farrell. 
I don't think, look, he's still obviously very much in the development phase. I don't know that he's got enough of the ball to to warrant a call-up yet. Look, I mean, when the Oka play the agree, he just looks, he, he, he stepped up another notch uh, on the weekend. But, but maybe... I see a, well, I'd like to see a little bit more of it. But maybe a bit like a bit like Darius J though, if maybe if Barrel did have a go at the AFL level, he might be. I don't know. I just think he's worth a go, especially this week against Freo. If Sam Gray's not fit, and um, Johnson, I, I would. Oh, I'm a big fan of Johnson. I would, I would like to have seen him in there another week. But sorry, but his performance on Saturday was rubbish, and he doesn't deserve another week after that. And I think if if Sam Gray's not fit, I'd either bring in Amon. Or, yeah, give Kane Farrell a go this week because Amon's been playing some great footy. But I'd love to see I'd love to see a debutante. We haven't had one this year, so either Lena or maybe Lena and Farrell. I don't know. So. Yeah, good. Great points. And, and actually, let's... Um, okay, Magpies were disappointing. Uh, let's say the Bears. Are, I've, I've, I've given a bit of a rundown there. And, um, yeah, it was... was it was difficult to watch that second half. Uh, we're, we're playing the Crows this week in Kadena. Let's talk about who. Um, let, let, let's talk about some of this stuff with with Johnson and, and Jonas and some of the replacements here. You, you yeah. want to move into that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I mean, I think um, just we should just finally just pay credit. Uh, I know he probably won't get another game for the power, but he just he's definitely a very very good sample player, and most likely. Yeah, unless a miracle happens, he'll probably get delisted at the end of the year. But I could see him going back to the Eagles, where he's originally from, and that's Jimmy Tonkas, because he's, he's, he'll be right up there with our best and fairest this year. He's been a pretty good player, I thought, and probably just, he's had his chance at the AFL level and just not quite good enough, but he's a very, very good sample player, that's for sure. Yeah, look, Tonkas, yeah, look, 26 disposals on the weekend, and that's pretty standard at Tonkas, so that's a good point. You're right, he doesn't he doesn't slide into our side, uh, was, yeah, it, look, it, it was definitely an experiment worth trying, and, um, you know, look, he, uh, he's extremely serviceable for the Magpies, but yeah, he's probably not going to be on the list next year. Yeah, it's a shame, but that's the way it goes, I suppose. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he's obviously not playing this week now, or obviously not playing for a little while. Um, we've we've got Hodge there, and as you say, Lena has Lena certainly coming into the conversation. Um, don't have to go too much out of this. What are your thoughts, firstly, on Lena? Yeah. Yeah. I guess this is this is my thoughts on it. If we were playing, yep. so say we were playing GWS, which we were playing a couple of weeks time. Say we were playing them this week, I would hundred percent play Homsch. But the fact the fact we're playing Frio, no disrespect to Frio, but we know they're not as good as the Giants, and they're struggling a bit at the moment. No Fife, no Sandlands as well. I would actually play Lena this week. I'd give him a crack. So that's 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 my thoughts on it. What do you think? Good, yeah. Um, Wendy's made a really good one here, and this was a bit of a this was a bit of a strategy that came into my mind. Um, Wendy's gone. Cleary's been playing well. Should hold up Jonas's position and play Homsch as the third tall. Yeah. Um, 
don't look not a bad call. Now, um, my preference between Lena and Homsch at the moment is Homsch. And I'll tell you why. Uh, one, okay, we, we've got a reasonably young, a reasonably youngish inexperienced back line. Um, so I think what Homer brings to that is is obviously his experience and, you know, he's, he's got the body for it, etc. So my preference at the moment for the next week or two is Hosh. Now, Lena this week and last week, Lena is definitely staking his claim. Now, he got 23 disposals on the weekend uh, for the Magpies, which is... That's great. Yep. I'm really impressed with that. Yep. However, th- this is my only concern at the moment. So apart from the lack of um, the experience, four contested possessions, no tackles, 10 marks, all uncontested. Now, so what concerns me there is with Lena, is his body and mind quite ready at the moment? So when... When Jonas is fit, and you know generally our backline's doing well, Leonard's really got to push for a look in. He's almost half a chance now. So what I'd be saying to him is, all right, for the next two weeks or so, you've got to show that you can go and get the hard ball, because that's that's what that's what our side's been built on this year. We know since the Eagles game, um, we, the Port Adelaide players have been told you need more contest, you, you need to win more contest. So I personally don't think Lena is quite ready at the moment. Okay. Now, here's another one I want to throw out. Yeah. What if, um, what if uh, Jasper's fit this week? Because I've got a thought on that too. Yep. What What do you think of Jasper if if he's fit this week? What What would you do with him? Play him in the AFL side or play him in the in the Magpies? I reckon play him in the Magpies. Let him get okay. get a bit more confidence. So, because we've got enough guys there at the moment, we, I don't think we need Pittard in our side. I, I think Jonas going down, we need another tool. Um, yeah. So, oh, freer has got a couple of tall forwards. So, you know, yeah. I, I think, yeah. My, my preference is, yeah, Jasper in, in the Magpies. However, I'll also say this. Hobbs wasn't outstanding yesterday. Okay, Hobbs was good, but not, not outstanding. Now, having said that, same with DBJ the previous week. Yeah. So, I'm almost thinking Hobbs and Lena stay in the Magpies. And this is just one scenario. Hobbs and Lena stay in the Magpies. Yep. And Pittard becomes the the substitute for Jonas. Now, mm. Cleary, as Wendy said, Cleary can handle the, the, the Jonas role. We've got um, Dougal Howard as well. We, we've got some reasonable guys there. Now, there's, say, if, if you're going to play Homsch, um, where is he, Jack Homsch? If you, if you, oh, hey, I'm sorry, bear with me, right? Hobbs is 194 centimeters. Jasper is, um, where is he? Jasper, I think, is 186. Yeah, he's 186 centimeters. A bit smaller, 
But as we know, Frio don't have necessarily a big array of tall forwards in, in a sense that we can handle that. Yeah. So I'm thinking potentially um, Jasper comes into the into the uh, the discussion as as well. So hmm. just a few thoughts on that, mate. I look, I wasn't at work today, so I had a lot of time to think. You have. You've done. You've done well. You've done well, mate. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting one. That's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think I, I'm still. I'm still le- leaning towards Lena. I think um, this way it's yeah. a perfect chance to give him a de- give him a debut game and see how he goes against Freo over there in Perth and and you know see what happens. And if he doesn't go well, then you know next week you can bring Homshi in. Um, to play against the Giants. So, yeah, yeah well, but we'll see we, what happens. Windy runners run just trade, Jasper. Um, yeah. Yeah. I the think... thing is, that, look, we need no problem with that. It's just we, we, we're stuck with him for the rest of the season. So, we might as well play him. Yeah. Um, no, Jasper just, just came into the equation for me. So, uh, it, it was something earlier today. It's, like I said, I was thinking the same with Cleary. Um, can take the Jonas role. So we could still use Jasper. But look, hey, Leonard's very much in this discussion. And um, look, this, this will be, uh, yeah, some exciting times for Ken and the uh, coaching group. So uh, there's good stuff there. Yeah. What about, so what about, Far- what about? What, what about Farrell, mate? Do you think he can, he can make a debut this week? Well, actually, Wendy, uh, you, sorry, Wendy just popped up again about Trent McKenzie. Look, very, very quiet yesterday, Trent McKenzie. Um, he, I think he's still got a bit of work to do before he gets a look in. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that would be good, would be great if Trent McKenzie was playing a little bit. Trent, Trent's playing quite deep in defence for the Magpies. Be good to have him up a bit, be able to, you know, just move that ball longer down the field. So, um, yeah, Wendy, Trent, Trent, I would like to think, becomes uh, a factor. But right at the moment, uh, he's not quite. Sorry, who were you asking about then? Kane Farrell. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, right. McKenzie's still a few weeks away because he's just come back from a serious injury. So, yeah, I think he'll yeah. he'll be a little while. But, yeah, Kane Farrell, I think I think he's done enough this year. He's been kicking goals. Probably probably kicked the most goals um, for the whole team, I reckon. Uh, he'll be up there leading goal kickers, that's for sure. I think... I think so. I think give him a go against the Dockers. Um, look... Okay, if if we're going to play, I, I think we come out against the Dockers. We're either we're going to play either Farrell or Leader, but not both. You don't think so? I, I'd play. I'd play them both. Uh, I'd play them both. Would you? Yeah, you've got okay. nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. So perfect time to play them, I reckon. I I still wonder. Look, Kate Farrell has some exceptional ability to read the ball and and find the goals. Um, he's definitely like a you know a Sam Gray of, of the future, but but probably better. I still think he needs a bit of development work, though. Um, I, I'm still leaning a little bit towards. I, I'd probably lean more towards Carl Amon. Okay. Than, yeah. Um, than Farrell. Kane yeah. Farrell. Yeah, just at the moment. Amon's been playing extremely well in the SNFL the last couple of weeks, getting a lot of the ball. Um, he's again, he's more experienced, and so I know that against Frio we could 
we can experiment a little bit, but but let's not experiment too much. <laughs> okay, well we'll see we'll see see if one or both of them get a go anyway. But uh, but that's my opinion because I know Sam Gray. I don't know even well obviously Sam Gray would come in rather than Farrell, but I just think if Sam Gray's not fit still, then that would be yeah. my my opinion. But yeah, we'll wait and see. So, so you're you're thinking maybe okay. So so in this order, Gray, Farrell. Uh, who has it for that spot? Gray, Farrell, um, uh, Eamon, Johnson, Eamon or Johnson? What, what do you think? Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I think lean it for lean it for Jonas, and yeah. I think if Sam Gray's fit, he'll come in for Aiden Johnson. Or if he's not fit, then I think I'd play Farrell or Eamon. So okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you with. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Kane Farrell is second with fourteen. Okay. Oh, actually, sorry. The, the, uh, yeah, second with fourteen. So spot on. Yeah, I guess um yeah I forgot about Lindsay Thomas, but I was sort of more mentioning players that have played majority of the year yeah. that are still there yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So he's and he's right up there. Yep. Um. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah. Well, I guess we'll wait and we'll watch his face for that one, Cam, and see um. How we go with as selectors, but yeah. Now I want to I want to just bring up another topic too, mate. If it's okay with you. Of course, um, of course. In, <laughs> in, in light of um, the the East Perth uh, West Coast Eagles relationship at the moment, yeah. And East Perth have decided to um, uh, separate. Yeah. Um, how do you feel that our Yeah, I think it works. Seems to work pretty well. Um, you know, you see Matty Locken always getting involved with the power um, match day when they're playing. Obviously, when he's not, when the Magpies play different days or different times or what have you. Um, you see, so there's no doubt Matty Locken's got a pretty good relationship with Ken Hinckley and the other coaches. And uh, you know, like I think the it actually works pretty well. I think. Um, you see some games, the North Adelaide game was probably a bit of a shocker where you sort of thought, oh, maybe the players didn't, didn't really care as much. But then you've seen the last few weeks, like the Eagles game, especially that first half, the Nord game, the first three quarters, you know, it gets quality sides. We've been riding in both of those games. We beat Sturt, who last year's Premier League won last two Premierships. So it goes to show that, you know, like it does mean something to the guys. Um, and I think the relationship's pretty good. You know, what do you, what do you think? Well, I agree, um, and, and I'll value your opinion on this because you're obviously closer to the action than I am. Now, between East Perth and West Coast, it, it didn't work for reasons that you've got two separate clubs with two separate objectives. Um, as, as an East Perth supporter, as a long-time East Perth supporter, I've, I've been around the club, you know, I've, I've seen it for a long time it didn't work it was like the Eagles players were there as Eagles players and East Perth lost a lot of good players from it as, as obviously have Port Adelaide but at Port Adelaide I felt like we as the supporters embraced the whole relationship and you've got two you've got one club uh, one constitution one address 
And that's why I think it works, whereas it was completely different with East Perth. It was East Perth and the West Coast Eagles. A bit like the Crows, um, like the Crows I guess, um, with the Crows reserves, because they've got literally no support. And it's amazing, the other day I went, I was working, um, doing the media stuff, but the, the, the Crows played Westies, and when the Crows ran into the ground, this is the Crows reserves team, it was like tumbleweeds, mate. I've seen more support at a lawn bowls pub. Um, <laughs> you see, I, I yeah. don't have a problem with that because it would break my heart if a kid was was at Westie's ground barracking for the Adelaide Crows because the Adelaide Crows were their SANFL team. That that would kill me. Yeah. So I, I'm quite happy for that. Now, I, I agree. I don't think the Crows would work at another club. Now... Interestingly, over here, Bill Thunder and Fremantle Dockers do work quite well. And, again, a couple of reasons for that. Bill Thunder never really had a fabric or a culture. Um, joined the competition in 1997, no success. Uh, do well in the Colts, but once it gets beyond that, it's, it's just sort of some, you know, they can try and get a few recruits from other waffle clubs, but it's just a lot of locals. Okay. Who are, you were probably only really at, you know, A-grade a amateur level and yeah. country football league level. So in bringing the Dockers players down to, to Mandra to play for them, it, it, even though they're two separate clubs, it seems to have been embraced a little more. So so that's worked. So I think what's going to happen, so the West Coast Eagles are going to go alone. But, um, yeah, so after a number of years of this whole experiment, experiment, I thought, yeah, I think from a Port Adelaide perspective, generally it works. So even a couple of, couple of weeks back, I think it was against uh, Sturt, and all the players were there, all, all the, the players who played for the Power that weekend were all there, and the, yep. the Alan Scott headquarters out on the, the, the balcony there, uh, supporting the boys, and you, you just see, you think, yeah, it, it really is one club. Yeah, it's, no it's, been, what, uh, it's fantastic, no isn't it? a long shot is that if we do go into the AFL reserves and have one national reserves competition I really hope that um, we still have the Port Magpies in the sample we have three teams and we can get you know like Zane Kirkwoods and these other guys like John Butcher and other guys back um, to have the old Magpies um, but yeah I don't I don't I don't think it would happen but if they do ever want to go down the path of an AFL reserves I I think the sample could not survive without the poor magpies in it. And, I think, yeah. Oh look, I think what you're going to find is that Zane Kirkwoods and, and, and these guys um, would be, so say if it was an AFL reserves now, you would probably find that those are the guys topping up the crows and the magpies. So I, I think it's it's go, there's going to be uh, opportunities for some of those types of players. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, look, it's a long way off, but, but I think these reserve sides are going to fall. 
are going to pull some of the best SANFL, so that some of the best SANFL players, and to to top up their reserve sides. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I suppose, but um, I, I yeah, just yesterday I think would have been about three or four thousand watching North and Sturt the game that I was at the media stuff. Um, for 1079 Life, and you know, like it was just great to see a big SANFL crowd. So, I just really I love the competition, I think it's fantastic. And I think with Port and the Crows, it works pretty well. So, leave it as it is, and let's hope it stays that way. But, um, if, if they do go into the national reserves, then yeah, obviously the Crows won't have a, a team in the sample, but let's just hope the Magpies do because this it just wouldn't, it's like having a pie without sauce, no magpies in the sample would just be a disaster. So, <laughs> it's like taking tea the flavour out of porridge, I know. Exa- exactly, um, exactly, mate, because imagine no no Port Central's rivalry, no Port Norwood, no Port Sturt, you know, no Port Glenelg. <laughs> there's just so, there's so many rivalries there, isn't there? So, um, and I, I'm with you, I think it's fantastic, getting back to your question before, I think it's fantastic that so many people have embraced the magpies and yeah, it is still one club, and it's great to see all the power boys getting down there and watching their mates play for the Magpies, and I think it's, it's actually the concept works pretty well, and I know there's been other clubs talk about... Actually, this, we'll get, get, back to, get back to this in a moment, something I want to ask a question to you about, Cam, um, but there's always been a talk, especially in the, the start, when Port and the Crows came into this, the sample, are they too dominant, and obviously they got rid of our academy and they've made our reserves absolutely shit because of it and um but not one not the crows and the power haven't won a sample competition sorry sample premiership since they've come into the sample so you know like it shows that they're not that dominant um but one thing that really does give me the shits and it's sides like norwood who they were the one the main ones to complain about us being too dominant yet how is it that they're into, I looked at this uh, with a friend of mine who's a power man as well, a big power man, Dazza, and I sit next to him at every every power match, both at season tickets, and we spoke about this together, and that's when I sort of wanted to raise it with you, Cam. How is it Nord have almost a whole team of ex-AFL players, right? Yet the Magpies, we can't even have like our John Butchers, your Cole Hoons, these sort of blokes that finish up at the power. They have to go and play at other clubs because the Magpies aren't allowed to have them. Where, how's that fair? Yeah, I know. And then they go and complain that, um, that yeah, well, the, the, the problem we have too is we, we win a game and it's because we're too dominant because we're an AFL reserve side or we, we lose a game and it's oh, because we're not that good. Yeah, exa- and, exactly. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, I think you're right. Norwood's one of the worst. And I think they're probably still a little bit dirty that they didn't get to go in the AFL themselves. And they, so now they've got to worry about whether or not they'll have a long-term future, whereas we're around for a long time. So, yeah, mate, look, I, I don't know. Is it, it, I, I guess if they can fit them into the salary cap or, or whatever the case may be there, um, there's, there's probably not much more you can do about it. Exactly right. Oh, just... um. Just frustrates the heck out of me. You're right. Norwood's one of the worst ones. They were one of the one of the biggest clubs to complain about us being too dominant. And probably one of the main reasons why we end up losing our academy and how why our SNFL reserves is sorry, not the Port Magpies, but the Port Magpies reserves team in the sample has you know not won a game all year. They're struggling. 
like they're all young kids, um, predominantly guys that just you know, play country footy normally and that sort of thing. So it's yeah, mainly thanks to Nord. And yeah, then they can get away with having just about every player on their list has played AFL. That's bloody ridiculous. Yeah. And we, you know, yeah. last, yeah. Oh, just does my head in. I, I don't know the end. Well, look, like, so the, the only way it can, be, it can be controlled is through through a salary cap and, um, uh, you know, a point system. And, look, if, if they can pay it and they can fit it in, then we don't really have much uh, answer to it, do we? But I want to mention something too. Last week we were talking about Jack Klusky and where he's from. He's from Murray Bridge. Yes, and uh, I found Sturt that. Juniors. Yes, I found that out the other day because I met with David Ogie, who's on um, the Sturt and Melbourne uh, scout. Or, sorry, he's a scout for Melbourne and works with Sturt. Um, great guy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he was telling me the same thing. So I actually asked him because he's obviously involved and knows a lot about footy. Um, and I said, is Jack Clusky good enough to play AFL? And he goes, oh, you know, he's, there are certain things at Sturt that he didn't do, you know. And, right. yeah, so interesting, interesting to your point, the point you raised there. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Um, one final topic I want to run past you. Yes, mate. Okay. This is a big one. Yeah. I don't know if you do the same as me. I want to know if, if you're like me or if maybe if others, other people are like me. Went into me, me and my son. We went. We went and grabbed some dinner tonight, and we were a little bit early. And so we had the pick of the tables. And I said to him, "Where do you want?" And you know, tables are all numbered. I said to him, "Where do you want to sit?" And he said, oh, "I don't know." And I looked over and I said, "Let's go to the Tom Jonas table, <laughs> number forty-two. Do you do that as well?" <laughs> no, not 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 really, mate. Not really. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I walk into a restaurant and I look at table numbers and, and even I'm sitting there, I'm scanning like, oh, there's the Jack Watts table, there's, there's the Chad Corns table, and, and I'm, I'm just going to him, let's take 42, let, let's take the Tom Jones table. So, oh, I just wanted to see if, uh, yeah, just to sort of see if you do the same thing. Oh, that's classic. No, I can't say I do, mate, but I have got a mate, a mate of mine that lives in the Riverlands, uh, his name's James. James and yeah, great guy, doctor and a big power fan, and he's actually got chickens. <laughs> he, he, one of his chickens is called Travis Boak. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, how good is that? Yeah, so there you go, mate. But no, not something, not something I think about. But I did have a Scotty Hodgson mullet with a number eleven jersey when I was a kid. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, nah. Good stuff. So, mate, um. The big game gets Freo this weekend. What what do you think we win by? Yep. Oh, you know, what do we win by? Um, oh, jeez. Let's say five goals. Lockie, how much do you reckon we'll beat Freo by? <laughs> Lockie reckons six goals. All right. Beautiful. So we were just talking about it today. Not 100% sure if we've beat... If if we've been to a game over here where we've beaten Freo, he reckons we might have. Um, we, we've what, we've seen us play the we've seen us beat the Eagles a couple of times. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're struggling to think of a time we've we've been to a game here where we've beaten Fremantle. So, how much do you reckon we win by? Mate, a win, I reckon a win a win is a win at the moment, and that you know as much as Brisbane beat them by fifty five points the other week, you just never know. The AFL competition is pretty even. Um, so, 
Yeah, I think I'd be happy with just a three to four goal win. A ten goal win would be great, but yeah. I yeah, I don't oh, know. Yeah, we need. That's what I look. I, I say five because of the way we've been going. Yeah. Um, but I, I really want to be able to sit back in my chair because it will be the game. I want to be able to sit back in my chair and just enjoy it. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Not a not a close one. A big a big win would be great. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But looking forward to it. Yes. Can't looking wait, mate. To see the boys again. I, I think um, we'll keep an eye on things. I think. There's an open training session or something like that. So if there is, we'll, we'll try and get along to it. But yeah, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Yeah. Well, as always, as always, great to have you on, buddy. And uh, definitely some great talking points tonight. And thanks to our yeah, our loyal listeners and everyone that got involved in the chat tonight. To Windy, oh, yeah. Windy Junior, was it? What was the, what was the name? Windy, oh, Windy okay. Runner. Windy Runner. Windy yeah, Runner. Even on uh, on Big Footy Wear, Shorts and Fest. Um, yep. So legends. Yeah, that was great. Beautiful, mate. Look forward to it, and that, uh, yeah. As always, uh, great to have you on, mate, and and keep on uh, keep on getting involved to all the listeners out there and people on the social media grind here. Love your work. Have a great week. Go the power. Go the Maggies. And uh, we'll it. chat all again next Monday night. Good on you. Looking forward to it, mate. Take care. See you, then. See you mate. Cheers, mate. Bye.